to the book of Genesis, if you would please. The book of Genesis, the first book in your Bible. We'd like to welcome all of you who have joined us by way of live stream or by radio, wherever you are. We're so glad that you've chosen today to worship with us. We want to say it's the first of the year again, and of course, without apologies, we would tell you that this entire month is given over to the study of stewardship. And uh, I think that word, the devil has taken it and misconstrued it and misdefined it so that every time the word is mentioned, automatically you think of money. And uh, the word encompasses money, but stewardship is a lifestyle. It is living as good stewards or managers of everything God has entrusted us with. And so we do not have stewardship month to raise money. We have stewardship month to raise Christians, to mature Christians. And uh, I guess we're one of, of, I guess, many churches that has not had to cut uh, missionaries, outreach, ministries. We, we have not had to do that. Our offerings this past year was up over the previous year to the tune of some seventy to $100,000. Ours is up. Most folks are down. Ours is up because you believe in the biblical stewardship principles, and we've taught them for 27 years, and I just wonder, is there that much in the Bible about stewardship that I can get something new after teaching it for 27 years? So you might get an instant replay today, since there's not that much in the Bible concerning those things. Perhaps stewardship is kind of like going to the doctor for your annual physical. And you go to the doctor and he don't know what's wrong with you or you don't either. So he just starts probing and pushing certain areas of your body. And he will say, did that hurt? And you will, re- you will respond, uh, no, that did not hurt. So he probes another area, and that kind of gives you the quiz. And he said, did that hurt? And you say, yes. He said, well, maybe we need to have some further tests because that hurt. Now, if we'll bring that from the doctor's office to the sanctuary this morning, I might be probing some areas where you might hurt. i give you just a minute to get over that. And if it hurts, probably there's a problem. And we'll need some further examination. And all of God's people said amen. 
Genesis chapter number 39. We're introduced in Genesis chapter 37 to a young man by the name of Joseph. He's known by his coat of many colors made to show preference from his parents. The Bible said that Jacob loved Joseph more than any rest of the family. Joseph is a direct result of a dysfunctional family. You say, preacher, I do. what is a dysfunctional family? It's probably mine and yours. There are areas of dysfunction probably in all of our families. A product of a dysfunctional family sold into slavery by his own brothers, sent to Egypt, and there he stands, if you please, in the slave market being sold, bought, purchased by a man by the name of Potiphar. Some say that his name means belonging to Pharaoh. Others says other things that his name means. So I don't think anybody knows what his name means. It's just Potiphar. He's a captain of the guard, probably in charge of Pharaoh's security guard. And he buys Joseph, brings him home as a slave. Verse 1, chapter 39. And the Bible says, and Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Today we begin speaking about stewardship. If you were in Sunday school, your lesson probably was built around management. Stewardship. By definition, it was managing another's affairs or another's material goods. Verse 2, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man and was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And the master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person 
and well favored. Verse 22. After a bad, bad experience, situations arose. Joseph was wrongly accused and convicted and thrown into prison. Verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Our Father, today we probably touch upon some very, very sensitive nerves. Everybody I know, dear Lord, today is not at the same level spiritually in their spiritual journey toward maturity. So, Lord, today I pray that whatever level we are, if we new Christians, if we're not Christians, and, Lord, if we're old Christians who have not embraced biblical principles, I pray that the message would be kind and gracious and instructive. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. They called her the millionaire special. Four city blocks long and 11 stories high. Powered by triple screws, protected by the latest, most ingenious safety devices, Luxurious and beautiful beyond words. She caught the fancy of the entire world. Her name, the Titanic. Today, most expensive movie that has ever been made was the movie called The Titanic. The three most written about subjects in history is Jesus Christ, the Civil War, and the Titanic. On April 10, 1912, she slipped out of the bay in Southampton for her journey to New York. God himself could not sink her said one of the crew. The men who built her, the civilized world, all believed that the Titanic was completely, totally unsinkable. God was not mocked less than five days later. She went down in 12,000 feet of icy cold waters. 3,000 feet split in her hull 
simple thing like an iceberg. It's said that the captain gave orders to abandon the ship and most of the passengers thought he was kidding because she was unsinkable. And the crew was lethargic and was not aroused because she was unsinkable. So 1,502 men, women, and children plunged into the depths of the cold, icy sea. She hit an iceberg, and she sunk. I've been pastoring now for a long, long time. And many people that I love have hit an iceberg. They've sunken underneath the icy waters, most of them, of materialism. Unsinkable they thought. Not me, they said. But now their life is wrecked. A wreck financially, a wreck physically, a wreck domestically, a wreck maritally, a wreck personally. And all of these are contained in the word stewardship. Joseph's life was not always good news. Joseph's life was strong and filled with disappointment, heartaches, disappointments. But in all of those, Joseph remained a good steward. In prison, God blessed him. In a pit in the desert, no water, of course, forsaken by his own family, he was faithful, and God blessed him. Lied about, lied on, accused of immorality, and into prison again. He was faithful. And God blessed him. From the prison house to the king's house, he was a good steward. And I believe with all my heart today, we need to clarify some some maybe some myths about stewardship. You notice when I mention my subject, how tight you got. The adrenaline ran plumb to your big toe, and you were left. I knew he had talked about money. Let me dispel some myths now, if you would please. 
Stewardship does not just include money. Stewardship involves your time and your talent. You may be a good steward with your money, but God gave you a voice to sing, and you're a sorry steward of your talent. Uh, you may not be able to sing, and you may be broke, but you think you own your time. And you do not own your time. You just ought to thank God you still got some of it left. Because God owns time. The first myth I would like to dispel today concerning stewardship is it is another word for giving. Stewardship is not another word for giving. Stewardship is a lifestyle. It's managing that which God has given us, regardless of what it is, for his glory. Stewardship is just not about money. Stewardship encompasses my whole life, my whole being everything that I am, have, and will ever hope to have. God gave it to me. Another myth is stewardship is a source of income for the church. It is not. It's a way of life to those who are committed to Christ. Someone has said, stewardship is an obligation. It is not an obligation. It's a matter of obedience. So I'd just like to clear the air today. I want you to think about this with me. Stewardship embraces two eternal principles. Can I give them to you, please? The first principle of stewardship is ownership. The second principle of stewardship is management. Let's clear up this thing about ownership. Is that all right? Please turn in your Bible to a hard verse to find, the first one in your Bible. Genesis 1.1. And we want to take up the, the, the discussion for just a minute about ownership. About who really owns everything. Now, I don't know if your Bible says it like this, but I think it should say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Is there anybody here today believe that? No, 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 no. Is there anybody here today believes that in the beginning, I don't know when that was, I wasn't there, but thank God somebody was, in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. Does everybody agree with that? Then God owns you. Everything that you see, everything you experience, everything you enjoy, everything that you uh, even like, it belongs to God because he created it. How many believe that? Amen. We get in the habit of saying, it's my car, it's my house, it's my rug, it's my dog, it's my cat. You can have it. I don't want your cat. 
or your dog and your car if it's not paid for. Mine, mine, mine. Why, well, most of our vehicles not even belong to us. The house you live in, probably more than likely, is not yours. Somebody's charging you interest to let you use their house. My rug. My, 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 my. No, you need to get this straightened out. It's not yours. It, it belongs to God. It was created by God, and everything in our life begins with God. All things, this is how John puts it, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made. The wood you use for your house. The cement. The rock. Everything. He made it. You just get to use it. Or misuse it. Or abuse it. I don't know why anybody get uptight when I talk, start talking about stewardship. Because you don't have anything anyhow. You just get to use it. And abuse it. And misuse it. Now turn your Bible to Genesis 1, verse 28. And we see... Maybe we can find here what God did with it. Verse 28, And God blessed them and said unto them, Now who's the them? Can you guess who it might be? Adam and Eve. He said, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish, sea, every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So God created it, and has given us dominion to manage it. And we're doing a sorry, stinking job. We're having earthquakes in Texas now. So I'm moving to California. Maybe if we just move to Arizona, we'd be in about the middle ground and just all drop off. We'd be living happily forever. If we've touched it, we've messed it up. If man has stood on it, there's garbage there. Can, I, can you say amen? So stewardship, then, is not about your money. Stewardship is about your life. Who's in charge and who is the steward? We live as though we are in charge and that God is our servant. And when we need God, we'll call on God and he'll be there at every beckoning call. Most of the time, the only time we pray is when we got our nose in a crack. Amen. 
Most of the time, our nose is in the crack because of poor stewardship. You know why churches don't have any money? Poor stewardship. Most churches are afraid, most preachers are afraid to mention money. That's why they have me. Because it really hurts me to talk about money to Christians. Are you listening? It's not about money. It's about who owns it to begin with. The Bible says, and I believe it, every bit of it, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. It gets down, do you believe this book? I'd rather believe this book is my checkbook. I've got more faith in this book than I do my checkbook. And some of you do too because you know how much a hot check costs. You call the church a little every once in a while and say, Preacher, I have made a mistake. You say, That don't happen. You're human, aren't you? I don't understand why a person would have a savings account and no cushion in his checking account. Well, I make interest in the checking account. But if you write a hot check, you lose interest at about $30 a crack. Well, we just talked about stewardship. Is that all right? Have we, have we settled the matter about who owns it all? Uh, the next time your husband says, it's my checkbook. <laughs> Say, I thought the preacher said it belonged to God. Now, if you look at your check stubs, you'll think it belongs to Walmart. It's just two real simple truths. Who owns it and who manages it? Stewardship is about management. Managing that which God has entrusted us with. Please note your text in the book of Genesis, chapter number 39. And I find some phrases there that I'd like to leave with you in chapter 39. If you would look at verse 4, look at verse 4 of chapter 39, you'll find the term, and he made him overseer of his house. The next phrase, all that he had, he put into his hand. Verse 6, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. Joseph had the authority to do with what he deemed profitable 
for Potiphar's welfare. Potiphar owned it. Joseph managed it. In fact, the Bible said that Potiphar did not even know what he had except the steak and potato he was going to eat tonight. That's all he knew. He left it all in his hand. In the middle of an interview for accepting a prestigious position at an Ivy League school, the interviewer asks the candidate if no one knew it and it did not harm anyone, would you lie for a million dollars? If no one knew it and it did not harm anyone, would you lie for a million dollars? The candidate said, well, if no one would know it, and it did not harm anyone, yes, I'd lie for a million dollars. The interviewer said, would you lie for a dime? The man said, well, no. No way. What kind of man do you think I am? The interviewer said, I've already determined that. I'm just trying to find out your price. Would you lie for 10%? Would you lie about your responsibility to sing in a choir? What is your price? Would you miss church for four hours of overtime? Uh, would you put your job before your responsibility as a steward in your church? You say, what do you know? Well, I already know what you are. I'm just trying to figure the price. I don't think maybe I'm, you're the only one I'm in. I'm not doing this to hurt you. I don't say that to run you off. I do it to let you know what a good stirrup should be. If you have your Bible, turn in your Bible, if you would please, to the book of Luke, chapter number 16. And we find there a warning about incorrect stewardship. A warning. And, and maybe you've read over it and maybe you've seen it. But let me read it for you again. In the book of Luke, chapter number 16... And I've, I've got to be done. It's 12 o'clock. Here, Lord. Is that clock fast? Somebody said, no, it's right on time. <laughs> Say, turn me loose. Turn me loose. 
Verse 1, And he said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. I'd hate to be people like Elvis Presley, George Jones, all those folks that learned to sing in the church. And they were tremendous bad stewards of what God entrusted them with. They took it to the world and prostituted it to the world and got rich and became alcoholics and dopeheads. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Verse 10, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore, now look at this, if therefore you have been you have not been faithful. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon money, materialism, who will commit to your trust the true riches? God can't trust you with money. He can't trust you with blessing. If God can't trust you with 10%, why would he ever give you a talent to sing? Why do you want to be in a quartet? by a bus never in your home church not tithing or being a blessing to anybody just heroes to a bunch of groupies following you around the country thinking you can sing if you can't be faithful if I cannot be faithful in the unrighteous mammon why would God Trust me with the true riches. It's not about money. It's about your life. It's about what you do with your life. It's about how you look at your life. Can I give you three principles? I mean, so quick, you'd think that you ain't even been to church. Concerning biblical stewardship. Number one, in relation to Joseph and Potiphar, Potiphar the owner, Joseph the steward. First of all, a good steward is always reliable. Reliable. Look at verse 4. Back in Genesis, chapter 39. And Joseph found grace in his sight. Now notice. And he 
served him. Jim, how would you like to have folks on board that you wouldn't have to cover in two hours on Sunday morning? How would you like to have teachers and bus workers and servants that was reliable? People you can count on. Is there anybody looking? Potiphar could trust Joseph. God could trust Joseph. He could trust him with his money. Now be careful. And he could trust him with his wife. Isn't it strange that people in church tithing, flirting, and pulling around and petting around on other people's wives? If you've got to touch another woman, I don't trust you. Don't touch me. I might slap you in Christian love, of course. Reliable. Reliable to your position. If you go on and want to be on a platform, be reliable. Dress right. Act right. And if you're going to do something dumb, don't put it on Facebook. If you're going to drink and carouse and raise hell and chase women, don't expect to be on this platform. Expect to be down there on his knees, repenting to God and getting things right. Reliable, dependable. You can count on him. You can count on Joseph. He was a disciple. You can count on him because he was committed to his master in verse number 9. He was faithful, and the Bible said, moreover, it is required in a steward that the man be found what? Preacher, why do, you, why do you demand that people who are on the platform and working be faithful? Because God don't bless unfaithfulness. Dependable. How many folk believe that a good steward is reliable? I got a Ford truck. It is not reliable. I've got a Toyota truck. It is not reliable. I got a horse. It is not reliable. I got legs. At 74 years, they're not reliable. The only thing that's reliable is God is reliable. And with His help, I'm going to be reliable. To, to be a good steward, you've got to be reliable. Amen? Man, I had to key on my truck. I want some noise, don't you? You got real cold, and both batteries in my Ford just, I mean, they went Baptist. They laid down, son. They said, it's too cold for me to get out, and them suckers didn't work. I went and got two more. Hey, just be reliable. You don't have to be talented. You don't have to be able to do everything. 
You don't even have to be able to do anything. Just be reliable. If you were to go back to my class that I graduated from college, that was the first miracle that I graduated. Second miracle was I graduated with two degrees at the same time. You would go back to my class, the most unlikely to succeed, the guy most likely to still be in after 40-some years. It would have been me. But God don't need talent, and God don't need ability. All he needs is availability. And whatever God has blessed you in, you be a reliable steward in that area. Secondly, a good steward is not only reliable, they are responsible. Now, do you have any idea why I'm not going to give Brother Ben $200 today? Now, after a while, he'd be running around out here on the platform just acting like a real Wolfenbarger, only his name's Aminel. Cute as he is, and, you know, if he's got my genes, he's brilliant. <laughs> but I'm not going to give him a $100 bill today. Now, why wouldn't I give him a $100 bill? I love him. He's my family. I could give him 100 because with my 80 and Jim's 20, because I know Jim got 20. He's pulled it every time we ever went out anywhere together. He's pulled that 20. In fact, that 20 is this long now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I could give I could give Ben $100, and he wouldn't bankrupt me. I'm not going to give Ben $100 because he's uh, not responsible. He don't know the value of $100. That's why he ain't got it. <laughs> if I have that much wisdom, how much wisdom does God have when it comes to giving us? And you say, well, preacher, I don't understand why I don't have more. How'd you handle what you got? What did you do for God with what you had? As a steward of everything that God has created, and it all belongs to Him, it's not going to break God to give you riches. It's not going to break God to give you health. It's not going to break God to give you a talent. It's just most stewards are not responsible enough. But the one thing that Potiphar saw in Joseph's life was he was responsible. God was with him, and everything he did prospered. You know how many times and how many chewing outs I got over buying the property this building is on? Do you have any idea 
the tongue lashing I took because we bought this property. Now, all those tongue lashings, they're not here anymore. And everything Joseph did, God prospered. You know what I'd do if I was you? I'd find somebody God is blessing. And I'd tie on to his wagon. And I'd be a part of those blessings. Joseph was prospered. And Potiphar saw it. And Potiphar got on Joseph's bandwagon. Well, I want to be a member of a small spiritual church. There is no such thing as a small, spiritual, anything. If a church is in the community, they ought to be growing. I would find somebody that God has seen responsible. And I'd be a part of what God is blessing. That's just good stewardship. I mean, it's just good stewardship. A good steward is mature enough to distinguish who owns everything. See, I don't have any problem with that. After 45, 46, 47 years of preaching the gospel, pastoring churches and preaching to people all over this country, I have no, no qualms or doubt about who is in charge. And I'm just glad I can be part of what he's doing. Uh, Stuart is mature enough to distinguish the value of obeying. Now, Brother Ben has not figured out yet the word no. It's not that he has not been motivated in that area. It is not that he has not been demotivated in that area. It just that he thinks it's cute to know and then run with it until he gets caught and then he is a perfect gentleman on repentance. Before you get there, he is repenting. Reminds you of a Baptist, don't it? Just immaturity. Some folk been saved a little while. Some folk been saved a little long. Some folk, and some folks are in different areas of their growth journey for God. 
But now, if you've been saved for 20 years and you don't know about tithing, uh, you need to maybe go see a doctor. A good steward has the maturity to determine what's mine, ours, and his. Can I close? I'm closing. A good steward not only is reliable, good steward is responsible. Please now, jot this down. A good steward is recognizable. Well, I bet he's stealing money to own that car. No. Maybe God can trust him with it. Well, mine's always tore up. Why don't you learn what God's trying to say to you? So you don't have to work on the dumb thing all the time. Stewardship is recognizable. Potiphar recognized something in Joseph's life. Joseph did not walk in, look, I'm a steward, look, I'm a steward, I got a sign, I'm a good steward. Potiphar recognized a good steward because God was prospering and blessing him. Not just money. How many of you have witnessed young men in this church surrendering to preach and get up here their first time and they they work at it and they stumble through it and they're scared to death and they're about ready to faint and all of a sudden one day you see God beginning to add and God beginning to bless and God beginning to uh, give and mature that ability and God prospers them. How many Man, we've got some preaching machines that has come out of this church. I mean guys that can hold the corn. I'm talking about a guy can lay the hammer down. I'm talking about, and they're not all have the same style. They're all not like me. But have you witnessed God blessing, maturing, and prospering a talent and ability to preach? Have you witnessed the same thing with singers? Brother Billy took singers in the choir They couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. They couldn't even spell tenor, bass, or baloney. And Billy worked with a choir. They stood by somebody who uh, they could hear, and they learned how to harmonize. They learned how to sing. And finally, they're doing specials on Wednesday night, then on Sunday night, then on Sunday morning. Have you witnessed God blessing somebody's ability? There's businessmen in this church who, when they started their business, they joined this church. They've been taught biblical stewardship. And today, they have businesses beyond their own imagination of the first time I met them. They embraced biblical principles and became stewards of what God gave them. 
And that's the reason Joshua Baptist Church does not have to continue to take love offerings to pay their four or five or six or eight ten thousand dollar electric bills each month. And God, it says, and God prospered. That's what it said. Look at verse 23. God prospered Joseph. That which he did, the Lord made it what? To prosper. I cannot imagine or begin to explain to you what God has done and is doing in this church. I used to worry about paying a $4,000 a week building payment. Yeah, I said a week. I, I used to worry about all these air conditions, lights turned on, now I don't even know what the light bill is. Because it's God's light bill. See, if you embrace these principles, a good steward is always promoted and a good steward is always prospered. And all of God's people say, And everything he did 